Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. The Lord, loving the Lord does not mean there's going to be an absence of struggle. You may not see it now, but the earnest cry, the supplication, the the practically begging that the psalmist did to God allowed for God to turn his ear toward the one crying out and meet them at the point of the needs. And the testimony, the, the, the psalmist said, look at me, I'm a testimony. I'm reminded of the gospel song that says, look at me, I'm a testimony. Testimony. I didn't make it here on my own. I'm not standing here all alone. It was Jesus who gave me this opportunity. Look at me. I'm a testimony. Turn with me, if you will, to the 116th Psalm, Psalm 116, and when you have it, we'd ask all that are physically able to please stand out of reverence uh, for the reading of God's word. Again, that is Psalm 116. Hear ye the word of the Lord. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon his name as long as I live. Amen, that's enough. God's word for God's people and God's people said amen, amen. You may be seated. Uh, For the time that is ours to share together, I wanna talk about can you still thank him? Can you still thank him? thank him. Psalm 116 is called a psalm of thanksgiving. Matter of fact, Psalms 113 through 116 are called the Hillel Psalms. Uh, They are recited during certain feasts and festivals such as Passover, uh, the Feast of Booths, Uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Matter of fact, Psalm 116 is uh, broken up into uh, two psalms. It's treated like it's two psalms in the Latin Vulgate. I know some of us would like to believe that there was no such thing as a Bible before 1611 and when uh, King James authorized the the, uh, text to be translated into English, but there were Bibles before them. One of them was the Latin Vulgate, which is uh, basically they called it vulgar because it was considered uh, a low-level language so that other people, it was translated in low level so that people uh, could understand what was going on and they treated Psalm 116 as two psalms. Verses 1 through 9 was considered one psalm and 10 through 19 another. uh, Scholars believe uh, that this psalm was written after the author had recovered from a grave illness. Uh, I didn't I didn't read it in your hearing, but there's a lot of talk about Sheol in uh, Psalm 116. And and there are people that believe in Sheol uh, that it could be uh, in the text, a a place that is seemingly outside of God's reach, something that is seemingly outside or separated from God. And there are other Psalms where they talk about it as a place where it seems to be separated outside of God's reach. Psalm 6 and 30 and 88. And then it also is considered uh, to be a place where where uh, there is some power out of nowhere that came and messed your life up. 
uh, uh, they're, they're, they call it that when, and they refer to it as that in Psalms 8 and in 30 and in 49 and 56 and 86. The point is, is whether you think it one way or the other, there are some times in your life where you may feel like either you are in hell or you feel like hell has come to your doorstep and you didn't do anything about it. You didn't do anything to cause it to happen, but yet it is you are still dealing with some trouble. Does that mean that God does not love us? Uh, the scholars contend that the psalmist was surrounded during the time when he wrote this text by death and disorder. People around them dying and they're stuck with sickness themselves. In Psalm 116, in this current pandemic that we are uh, experiencing, I learned can be a test of some folks' theology. Amen. Uh, because many have realized up until now, life has been real easy. Uh, up until now, they haven't had much trouble. We are in the liturgical calendar of Easter uh, still for the next few weeks. And the question will be, can you still believe in resurrection when this is your first taste of some real trouble? Some people are getting familiar with some things that they may have not been familiar with at first. They're learning what it feels like to be disenfranchised. They're learning what it feels like to not be able to go where you want to go when you want to go. They are learning what it feels like to learn that your salary was not as secure as you thought. You might have thought because you came in every day and did the best possible job you can do that you were on your way to the top. But some people have learned during that time that, that everything is but a wisp. It can be gone in the blink of an eye. It is taking, uh, putting some theology to the test. See, it's easy to say he's a doctor in the sick room until you're in that sick room. It's easy to say that he's a lawyer in the courtroom when you haven't really had much time or any kind of, uh, any kind of involvement with the law. It's really easy to say that he's friend to the friendless when you are surrounded by friends. It's easy to say that he's hope for the hopeless when you have everything going good for you. But this thing right now, this pandemic, this challenge, these times is testing people's theology. Amen. They are not having things the way they thought. Uh, something that surprised me about this pandemic uh, is that I thought people would be able to put stuff aside and come together. But I'm learning that whether it's the common Joe on the street or the elected official in the local government or the elected official in the national government, that people seem to care more about their politics than the pandemic. I was watching, I saw an article, uh, a mother had gone to jail because uh, she took her kids to the park to play, which was obviously closed, uh, and got arrested. Uh, the police were nice to her, but she still uh, antagonized them. She was trying to make a point. She said to call a certain organization when she got arrested because this is the thing that this particular organization does. But the police were nice about it. And I watched and thought about this situation and watched how the positions changed politically. Uh, the people that normally talk about police brutality being a scourge on the community were saying she should have obeyed the law. 
Uh, and look at what those brave cops are doing because they arrested her after antagonizing them. And the people who would normally say somebody that looked like me was a thug and should have obeyed the law and complied with the officer's lawful commands, they were the ones talking about their freedoms are being oppressed. Go figure. I've seen people talk about we need to obey the law, but now they're out blatantly protesting governor's executive orders. Uh, the mayor of Atlanta, uh, Mayor Keisha Bottoms, got a text message sent through the, the city channels talking about N-word, just shut up and reopen the city. I thought we were supposed to respect those who were in authority. Uh, the politics have switched. I I've seen people who were supposedly pro-life sitting on the doorsteps of government offices holding signs with masks on pictures of the masks on the sign saying, it's my body, my choice. Go figure. I've seen people that would blast Colin Kaepernick for his peaceful protest show up with signs and guns talking about their freedoms are being taken away. Uh, why are people flipping sides and they're not putting down their politics during this pandemic? They've just switched sides. As long as this person on the other side is the other, I don't care about them. I'm watching a Harris County judge issue a mask order and the police uh, union president call it draconian. Draconian, really? Uh, uh, Draco, who the, 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 uh, the uh, Athenian lawgiver who that term comes from, had some harsh laws. Uh, people got put in slavery for not being able to pay their debts. People got the death penalty for stealing something as small as a piece of cabbage, but yet telling people when we have a sickness that we don't have enough tests for, don't have a vaccine for, don't have any kind of treatment for, and you can pass it around for 14 days before you even know that you're sick. Telling people to wear a mask to try to prevent other people from getting sick is draconian? Hmm. I thought people would put down politics, but they seem to have picked it up even more. But this COVID-19 does not care if you're Republican or Democrat. It does not care if you are pro-choice or pro-life. It does not care if you are black, white, Asian, Hispanic. It doesn't care if you're rich or poor. It doesn't know what a city border line looks like. It doesn't know what a county line looks like. It doesn't know what a state look line looks like. It doesn't know what a country border line looks like. It does not care. The only thing that we can do and do effectively is be like the psalmist was in Psalm 116 and cry out to the Lord. Cry out when we are surrounded by pressure. Cry out when our safety is being threatened. Cry out when we need help. That's what we ought to be doing. The question should be asked, how big is your God? And do you think that he is only around when things are going the way you want them to do? Do you only talk to him and talk about him when everything is good? Or do you wait and, and, or, or when everything's bad, do you still have a, a big God? 
Uh, the text talks about what God does for the psalmist. The first thing he does for the psalmist, God hears his prayers. And not only does God hear the psalmist's prayers, God saves him from death. I read one, uh, 16, 1 and 2 through your hearing. It says that I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplication and he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon his name as long as I live. He's heard my voice when I talk to him regularly. And he's heard my supplication, which is earnest pleading. Uh, everything was all right now, but I'm going to call on you just a little bit harder. I'm going to call on you just a little bit louder. Some translations uh, the, bring it down to practically begging. I know the way my children call my name, how earnest the issue is. I know when they call me a certain way that there is some genuine fear. And I know when they call me another way that they are just there to hold on. I know even with my youngest daughter, she ain't got to speak. I know what's going on when she calls a certain way. Uh, a couple years back, we went to the Festival of Lights and we went through a part uh, on the bus where everything got dark and my little daughter was sitting in my lap because we were riding a bus from the parking lot to the Festival of Lights area and I could tell by the way she grabbed my hand when she was scared, when we went down the park with no street lights, the, I felt the tug. And when I looked down, she was looking at me. She didn't have to say anything, but I knew from the way she grabbed me and the way that she looked at me that she said, I just need to know, Daddy, that you are still there. And sometimes we need to be able to call upon the Lord and understand it may not be what we want right now. There may be some situations that we are out of control, but Daddy, I just need to know that you are still there. Amen. So God hears the prayers and he saves them from death. Verse 3 says that the pains of death surrounded me and the pangs of Shehold laid a hold of me. Saved from death. Verse 8 through 11 says that you've delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted and I stand in my haste. Ah, ah, the text goes on to say uh, these things uh, <laughs> that he thought that all men were liars. We can't depend upon just the work of man during this time. We have to believe and depend upon the one who will never leave us nor forsake us. We need to believe and depend upon the one who uh, is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should seek cause to repent. We got to believe on the one who will not fail us. Because you, you never know. Man can say something. And then when they get lambasted about it, say that they were being sarcastic. <clears throat> check, check, two testing. Test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to trust in the word of the Lord and God hears our prayers and God hears the psalmist's prayer and God saved the psalmist from death. So the thing that the psalmist did when he understood that he was serving somebody that was bigger than him, that one that could never leave him forsaken, the one that could do anything except fail, he said, thank you. He started off with love. He said, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplication. I love the Lord. He just got out of sickness. He's been surrounded by death and disorder. He may still actually be in this problem while he's writing it, but I love him. 
Uh, it may not come when you want it, but it will be right on time. It may not come immediately, but the relief will come eventually. So he starts with love and he's thankful for the community being restored. If he don't have nothing else, he's got a concrete example that God has brought him through. They understand that even though they were surrounded by death, they love the Lord. Even though their safety was threatened, they love the Lord. Even though all hope seemed to be lost, they loved the Lord. Loving the Lord does not mean there's going to be an absence of struggle. You may not see it now, but the earnest cry the supplication, the, the practically begging that the psalmist did to God allowed for God to turn his ear toward the one crying out and meet them at the point of the needs. And the testimony, the, the, the psalmist said, look at me, I'm a testimony. I'm reminded of the gospel song that says, look at me, I'm a testimony. I didn't make it here on my own. I'm not standing here all alone. It was Jesus who gave me this opportunity. Look at me, I'm a testimony. The psalmist is convinced that he is here because of God's grace. And so they have to say thank you. Thank you makes room for more. Thank you lets you know that, that, that you appreciate what was done. You've been woken up in the morning. You've been started on your way. You've been in your right mind. You got a roof over your head and clothes on your back and, and a family. And these things may not be ideal. But you got some stuff to say thank you for. If you can do this, that is something to thank him for. Because everybody cannot do it. And so God hears the prayer and saves the psalmist from death. And what the psalmist does for them is he thanks the Lord for saving him. He, he thanks the Lord for saving him. He fulfills his vows. He serves the Lord faithfully and offers thanksgiving and sacrifice and calls on the name of the Lord. He thanks the Lord for saving him in verse 13. He says, I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. And he fulfills his vows over and over again. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Uh, we have this, this verse that is often said at funerals, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. But he didn't die. And so because he didn't die, he knows that he has to be thankful for what goes on. I know there's time and time again where people will say, oh, Lord, if you just get me out of this this one time, I'll never do this again. Uh, but he got out of it that one time. And because he got out of it, he knew enough to say thank you. Amen. The psalmist is happy that they get to lift up the cup of salvation. The psalmist is thankful and, and, and not privately either. Uh, he says that I will, uh, I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. And then he repeats it again. That's verse 13. In verse 18, he says, I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of his people. This is not some quiet, reflective introspective done in the uh, the comfort of my own no he's got to tell everybody about it the song regardless of what the psalmist has been through and, and they say this is uh, that they are going to do it publicly 
And it's all the more reason to thank the Lord and tell somebody about it. When I look back over my own life and I see what God has brought me through, I got to tell somebody about it. When you see that the psalmist has been healed of their sickness, when they've been through these problems, they got to tell somebody about it. Psalms 113 through 116 are called the Hallel Psalms, and that is actually where we get the pronunciation of hallelujah from. Uh, so we got to say hallelujah. We love the Lord through the good and the bad. I know during this Easter season, even though things are not going the way some of us may have planned, I know regardless of what's going on, I know one thing. I know that Christ has died, Christ has risen too, and Christ will come again three, regardless of what's going on. I also know that I love the Lord, and when I call upon him, him, he will hear me whether I got a whole bunch of money in my pocket or I'm broke. I love the Lord and he heard my cry. Whether I got a bunch of friends or I ain't got no friends, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. Whether or not I have a job or I don't have a job right now, I love the Lord because he heard my cry. These things are temporary. We've been through this before. We've had these problems before. We've had oppression before. We've had disenfranchisement before. Before. We've lost our money before. We've lost our homes before. We've lost our cars before. We've lost our jobs before. But the Lord keeps on keeping me. So I'm going to say I love the Lord whether it's good or whether it's bad. I'm going to keep my eyes holding on to the one who can save me. Whether this pandemic is going on, the Lord hears my voice. Whether I'm healthy, this is going on, the Lord hears my voice and my supplications. And when it's all said and done, I'm going to be just like it was in verse 19. I'm going to go to the courts of the Lord's house and I'm going to praise him and I'm going to praise him publicly in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook. 